My name is Tim Barkholtz. I work for ExxonMobil, and I'm working on technology for CO2 capture. At ExxonMobil, we're working on a range of solutions, including a new way to capture carbon at natural gas power plants. Learn more at energyfactor.com. This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Dr- oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> you Kevin Durant, mate? <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go here. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Ennis Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth... Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Ennis Cantor, and you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're a part of DailyThunder.com, also Almighty Baller Radio. With me today, the hot ham man, hot, hot ham, hot ham, hot ham, John Ham. <laughs> hey, so this is our last Hot Ham Wednesday. It doesn't mean John Ham is gone from Down to Dunk altogether. It just means that we, we won't be doing a weekly show together. And I just want to shout out John Ham at the top of this show. If you're a listener, of course you know John Ham. You know that what he's meant to our show. I just want to say thank you, John, for all that you've done for us. Uh, it's not the end uh, for for you and I on down to dunk or anything like that. But no more weekly. But we we just appreciate you, John. Well, you know, total team effort. Give 110 percent, and you know, I'm just I'm just always thinking of my teammates first. And uh, what other what other both teams played hard. But you both teams played hard. Uh, <laughs> no, I, it, you know, like you said, uh, you know, there's obviously this relationship is not coming to an end, and. Uh, no, I've I've always enjoyed uh, our, our weekly conversations, and you know this has been uh, this has been great for me too. And so uh, onward and upward. That's right. Uh, we're gonna answer some questions. There's not a lot to talk about on September sixth, uh, but we've got training camp just around the corner. Uh, we have actual basketball coming up. We have our first live podcast of the season coming up on october 5th it will be at anchor down on october 5th stay tuned for more details on that but until then we're going to answer a question from austin s1027 he says would okc be better as the four seed or the six seed solely to avoid golden state in round two <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, I think you want to avoid that uh, that freight train as long as possible. I mean, that's what it looks like right now. I mean, let's get into the season. What if someone backs into someone's leg, you know, on, on the Warriors, and suddenly they look more vulnerable, right? Yeah, I mean that that would change that would change some things. Yep. But presumably, yes. I mean, if they're the one seed, I see where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. That if you're Firmly behind the Spurs and the Rockets. I mean, I might rather tank for six. I mean, honestly, because if you can avoid the Warriors, give yourself a chance to get to the conference finals. I mean, that's and that's kind of like the ceiling for this team. And the four or five almost completely takes away the ceiling. You know, like it, Mm -hmm. it it changes. Uh, the outcome of what this season could, looks like at the end of the day. You could easily be out in round one. Yeah. Um, it, it, look, even in a 3-6 matchup, I mean, 
yeah, obviously, you know, it depends on who they match up against and sure. what that looks like throughout the season and all that stuff. But no, I definitely get, you know, where, where you're coming from. But, um, but yeah, I mean, again, there's just so much during the season that can impact that, that, you know, oh, wow, suddenly, you know, maybe we do want to catch them in round two because, you know, that's when they're going to be more vulnerable. And, you know, yeah. some of that strategy could come into play. Sure. Yeah. It's, if you're just, thinking about these rosters moving forward as they are then i get it but you're right there, there's so many things that unfold in an nba season that are totally unpredictable yeah um, and we all know sam presti likes to make trades and there could be something else coming for the thunder um yeah. eventually and i would assume that at least one or two of these guys on the team aren't going to be on this team come you know mid-february but uh it's it's interesting, and I I see where he's coming from. But there's we have a lot, a lot, a lot of basketball to be played until then. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. This is from Ed uh, Bangelope. She asks always asks great questions. Uh, what is your child slash children's favorite TV show right now? <clears throat> um. Here. He- the truth is their faces are buried in Amazon fire tablets. Okay. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they're not really, um, they're not really into the TV shows anymore. You know, like, uh, like they used to be, it used to be, of course, you know, Mickey Mouse clubhouse or, you know, uh, uh what aquanauts or what were those? Uh, uh, octonauts. Octonauts. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, all of those strange Nickelodeon shows or whatever. Um, They'll go through the Netflix, you know, queue and and find some strange show every once in a while and kind of get hooked on it. But yeah, for the most part, they're like buried in Roblox right now. <laughs> uh, Scooby Doo is my five year old's favorite show by far right now. He cannot That's my get, man. get enough Scooby Doo. Uh, so have you seen Storybots? It's on Netflix. It's it's just like a it's basically a learning show. Uh, but they have these incredibly creative songs and they're hilarious and great. And my three-year-old loves that show and I love it too. I'll sit, I'll sit, All right. I'll sit and watch with it. It's so good. Uh, so <laughs> shout out to Storybots. Shout out to yep. Scooby-Doo. Yep. Yeah. Just, you know, for some reason, like my son just didn't get into Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, so I have to kind of, I just watch that on my own and you know, no one else in the house is really interested in that. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, at Splash Myers, he says Patrick Patterson has been having trouble getting his mail. He's asking if I am going to help the PP man get his fan mail. He just wants his mail, man. Just... <laughs> we got to get you on the news. No, let's get me. Let's get me on the Patrick Patterson news. He just wants his mail. Um, that's did you. So there's an Instagram post if you haven't seen this of Patrick Patterson. Filming the mailboxes at the Thunder, I guess, practice facility where they oh. have fan mail come. And his is completely empty and he films all the other guys and they all have some mail. And he's sad that he doesn't have any fan mail. So if you uh, are a fan of Tupat, send him send him some mail. I think the, the address is somewhere, not in front of me, but it's somewhere. So you can probably find it. Send him, send him some mail. I didn't know. I was unaware that uh, players were still looking forward to getting snail mail. I did not either. Yeah, I mean, just even, I mean, package up your old junk mail, your flyers that you get. Just package those up, put his name on it, ship it to him. Right. It'll, it'll at least, 
it'll at least put something in the box so he's less sad about the lack of mail. I'll send him my OG&E bill. You can have that. Yeah. <laughs> Here, could you take care of this for yeah, me? Come Thanks. On. You're too bad. We know you just got some money. <laughs> That's right. Help her brother out. <laughs> um, at J underscore dub underscore 25 asks, what's the hottest ham ever on the pod? And I'm trying to remember. There was something that I can't remember what you said, but it was a, a fry pod. And you said something that just made us all erupt with hot ham. Yeah. And like, that was like yeah. the birth of hot ham was whenever you said something that was just such a hot take. And I remember physically getting up from the table right. because it was such hot <laughs> ham. But I don't remember what it was. I don't remember what it was, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't remember either, but whatever it was, I was 100% correct on it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was justified in the end, whatever it was. Uh, I, I don't remember because, yeah, it was it was something crazy. Uh, I have no doubt about that. It was some it was something out there. Um, it probably was something because I like it, here's one of the here's one of the faults that I have. I want to believe in people so badly. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, I, I was still even like last year, like, hey, give give Singler a chance, guys. Come on. You just don't know. Or, know. You know, if there's some dude like, you know, like when Greg Oden was just barely hanging on with Miami, I'm like, well, he can turn around and he could be a productive playoff. You know, like I want to believe in guys so badly that sometimes it leads me to, uh, you know, to make those hot Tam statements. So it was probably something along those lines. I'm trying to remember any of my, any of my favorite hot ham hot ham moments but we'll all, leave that they, all the crowd. Blur, they all blur together yeah yeah let, let us know if you have any favorite <laughs> hot ham it's moments. just it's just all straight sizzle that's right <laughs> i'd like to thank anchor down for sponsoring today's show man if you lived in oklahoma city and you were outside last night which i was i wasn't anchor down i wish i was because their patio had to have been just pristine. The weather is perfect for patio uh, eating and drinking and having fun at a place like Anchor Down. It's such a cool place. If you didn't know, there's a dog park right next to Anchor Down. If you live downtown or near the downtown area or you like to walk your dog, but you can walk your dog all the way to Anchor Down, play in the dog park, go get yourself a corn dog, sit out on their patio with your dog. It's a great time. Uh, also, there is free team trivia with the Lost Ogle on Thursday, tomorrow at 8 o'clock p.m., $75, $75 or more in cash and prizes. There's beer giveaways, and they have amazing corn dogs. Go check out that event. There's always fun things happening at Anchor Down. If you haven't been yet, it's on 2nd Street in Deep Deuce, downtown Oklahoma City. Really just a cool spot. I went there with my family on Saturday, had some lunch, got my salad, got my Cobb salad. So fresh, so good. My kids had uh, corn dogs. They were delicious. We got some pizza tots. Uh, it was incredible. Great time. So go check out Anchor Down uh, for lunch or dinner or late night. So if you're hanging out on the weekend or weeknight or whenever and you want to go somewhere late night, Anchor Down is the place to be. Go have some great food and drinks at Anchor Down today. Uh, this is from at Thunder FWD. Is it possible Thunder PR was so protective because they knew Durant would consistently say dumb stuff like he's doing now? 
Um, you know, look, I know the, the one thing about the Thunder organization, they were, and I think Durant even talked about this, um, you know, after going to Golden State, I mean, they, obviously they were very concerned about distra- you know, things that would cause distractions, uh, yeah. in the locker room or things that externally that, you know, they can't control. Um, you know, and I, yeah, there, there was, and there's absolutely, you know, some, uh, some handling, some massaging, um, and, you know, still is, and. Uh, you know, as far as Kevin goes, I mean, the thing that, that just gets me is, okay, you know, so he's owning this whole cupcake thing. It's a smart move. Um, it is, yeah. You know, I've, I've posted, uh, you know, from Game of Thrones, uh, a, a little uh, a little saying from there that basically wear it like armor and they can never, you know, use it against you. Um, so basically he's kind of taken it as like, all right, you know, that's fine. You, you can't use it against me now. But it's like now that he's got a ring, he feels like that he can just clap back at everybody like he's mm-hmm. got the high ground. Yeah, you know, I have the high ground now. So, I, you know, you can say whatever you want, but I've got my ring now. It's like, yeah, there's caveats there, dude. Sorry. You know, you don't you don't have all the high ground. You just don't. Yeah. Um, and if you don't understand that, I can't help you, you know. He's going on Simmons pod. Have you, I didn't listen to the last one. I think I've, I listened to the first one for sure. I read about the second one. I, I couldn't have less interest in this third one. Yeah. Let's see. I listened to that one pod, uh, Simmons did in 2013. I think that's the very <laughs> last one I've ever listened to. Oh man. That's, um, that's, that's a good call because if you, I mean, seriously, I listen. I don't listen very often. I'll I pick and choose when I listen. I'm not subscribed. I'll, I'll pick and choose when I listen. I listen to just the Kyrie Irving one just to see what the reaction was. It it, it could not be a more Celtics Homer pod now. Like it, they have. <laughs> I mean, it is it is unbelievable. The last one that he did on Kyrie Irving, he had like a monologue, like a ten minute monologue, where he was just spewing Celtics Homerism just everywhere and then kevin o'connor comes on and it just gets even worse they they said something like i don't understand why people don't just look forward whenever we're looking at this trade they shouldn't don't use the past to judge this trade only look forward like what does that even mean how do and what if what have you been doing uh have you been applying that logic to the james harden trade exactly yeah Yeah. and there it's 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 crazy because they're like, well, if you look at Irving in his past, you just you can't judge him by his past. So he's been in the league six years. What do you mean you can't judge him by what he's done in the NBA? You have to judge him by what he can do. Like that. That, right. that just I don't know. It's absurd. Yeah. So I, yeah, I know. So no, I stay away. I've not listened to. I know. I've, I've caught um, maybe a couple of. Um, um, you know, like Kurt, uh, Kurt Heelan, uh, write ups or Dan Feldman for yeah. NBC sports where, you know, kind of covered something that he said. And I, I don't know, I just typically just kind of just shake my head and say, whatever, man, just close the tab because, yeah. uh, yeah, it just, it just, like I say, he just kind of feels like now that he's got the high ground because he got his, you know, precious ring and all right. All right. Screw right. you, Kevin. We're answering another question from another Kevin who's a lot better than you, Kevin Durant. His name is Kevin Von Holten at Kev underscore VH. He asks, what would be your ideal position-based big three? So he gives examples. Like the Thunder have point guard, small forward, center, Golden State, 
you don't want to talk about them because they have like all the positions. Uh, yeah. The Clippers three four five, Rockets one two three, or just having Kawhi three through three. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's because like to me the the first like in modern you know I don't know modern NBA history or whatever, but Garnett, Pierce, Allen, those guys just had the skill sets. You know, uh, Paul Pierce could handle the basketball, Ray Allen could, but Ray Allen didn't have to have the ball in his hands to be effective, and Garnett was just otherworldly. And, you know, so like those positions made a whole lot of sense. I I don't, I want to say like a, you know, a three, four, five, big three doesn't make sense, but then the 80 Celtics want to have a conversation with me about that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think in today's NBA, um, you know, the point guard position can can impact the game you know, so drastically. Um, I think you want a guy in the front court, you know, probably either position, but someone that can facilitate, someone that can make plays, someone that can you know, set up others. Um, and then I, I just I think you've got to if, if one of those two positions can be a reliable, deadly outside three point threat, that's all the better. But if you don't have that in those two, I think the third guy needs to have that skill set. Yeah. I think you have to have a defensive big. I just don't think that you can still win a, do win a yep. title without a big that can play defense, and that means something different than it did even five years ago. Um, it means something different. Um, and we're counting Draymond Green as a big in this scenario because one hundred percent, yeah, yeah, because he can shift over to center for stretches and and dominate the game defensively. So yeah, he counts as a defensive big. Yeah, so you need a four or five that can really anchor your defense. Which Steven Adams could be that for OKC. I think you have to have a wing. I think you yeah. just have to have an elite wing in order to compete, which is, you know, the Thunder took a big risk in getting Paul George, but Sam Presti knows. You don't you don't win in this NBA without an elite wing. You just don't. And the Thunder didn't have that last season. And I, I thought the most interesting thing that McKellie brought up on Monday was about Sabonis and Oladipo and how they were positioned on the wing and how they basically just parked Oladipo in the corner and they had Sabonis out on the wing to quote-unquote create. But now you're able to flip-flop that with Patterson just being a standstill three-point shooter. Then you have the creator in Paul George. That just drastically changes everything about this team. Uh Um and I think that that gives you a chance, really, against anybody. Obviously, Golden State probably not, but it's if you if there's an injury that occurs or something like with chemistry happens, then you set yourself up to have a chance when you have an elite wing like Paul George. And so I think you have have to have an elite wing. And then I don't know that it matters if you have an elite one or two uh, in the league, but I think that having like two perimeter players plus a dominant inside force. I think like that to me is ideal and that way you can spread out a little bit. And then those other two spots, whether it's like a Patty Mills type point guard that can defend and shoot threes where you have, I mean, Patterson's kind of is a good example of just like your three and D power forward or, you know, have a, have a center that can stretch out or something like that. I think that that's important because shooting is just, it's at a premium right now in the NBA. You Mm -hmm. You have to have it. Uh, the, yep. three, the three point shot is so important in this game, so uh, and that's flips. Yeah. I mean, when I when I was watching the NBA first got into it, if you didn't have a big man, forget it. Yeah, I mean, that's basically kind of. I mean, the, the Pistons got around that because they played such great defense. Those bad boys teams, 
<clears throat> Jerry Ramsey will will make sure he, he would you know yeah. he would be <laughs> mad if I if I didn't mention them. Um, but no, I mean that's what everyone scrambled for back in the day, and that's why everyone took flyers on a you know Sean Bradley or a Michael Olawakandi or mm-hmm. you know uh, those type of guys because that was basically if you, if you had a if you had an all star big man you 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 were far better off than a lot of other teams, and, and that, that's just flipped so much now. Uh, the game has changed so much. Um, really, even since 2014, I mean, it was yeah. like if you go back and trace it. Now the Rockets were kind of ahead of the curve um, on launching three pointers after they got Harden, and they they put an emphasis there. Yeah. Um, and then the Warriors came along and, and have done their thing. And you know, that's one of the things that that I kind of ding this the, the Thunder front office about because. You know, like I, I, they went out and got Jeremy Grant last year with the idea that he's going to be a three. Sure. And they, they've yeah. had this philosophy over the years of going and getting the athletic, you know, long limbed guy and then move him down a position, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and it should, it's taken a while. And I don't even know if it's still taking place, but I mean, that mentality needs to change a little bit. Like, you know, like where, where they say Josh Hughes needs to play the three, I think that guy's probably built for the four spot in this league. Right. Yeah, he so, 100% is. <laughs> that, I mean, that's where I feel like maybe he could, you know, if he's going to get minutes, maybe it comes at Jeremy Grant's expense more than Doug McDermott's, or it could be both. But, yeah, um, yeah that has sort of shifted. I feel like, the you know, the Thunder have kind of held on to the old philosophy a little too long. Um, now, that's not to say that they should have kept Jeff Green and run right. him at power forward and Serge Ibaka at center, and they would have duplicated what the Warriors did. I'm, I'm not saying that at all, but... You know, I think, you know, they, they've been they've been a little slow in that uh, regard to to adapt to that, uh, and, and maybe they are coming around to it a little bit. Yeah, it's it'll it's hard to say until we see this team play a little bit. But I mean, they're the amount of traditional bigs that the Thunder have is dwindling at this point because you still have Adams and Canner, but then, uh-huh. well, I guess I don't actually actually I shouldn't say that because they just signed Dakari Johnson. They got Dakari Johnson too. And- Dang it! I'm just looking at the roster. Um, I forget about Dakari. I forget that he's a person. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, yep. It's the the Thunder. Really, I don't. I guess I understand it. The Dakari signing from a, you know, he's earned it kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I also just hate that idea. <laughs> I hate well, that idea. And and let's be, you know, Dakari could get waived in training camp. I mean, that's always a possibility. Yeah, that's he signed true. a two-year deal, guaranteed. I mean, just he, he could get the Ronnie Price treatment. Thanks oh, for man. signing. Oh, you know? man. Um, <laughs> that's entirely possible. But yeah. um, uh, anyway, no, it, it's just it's one of those things where I understand, you know, back in the day, it worked out very well for this team, obviously, you know, to have to draft the way they did, to build the way they did, to play yeah. defense the way they did, sure. um, to really protect the paint and then burst out and protect the, you know, the the arc. Um but then, starting in 2014, the game flipped. It really flipped, and yeah. you know, I know, I know, the Thunder came really close. They came within five minutes using really big lineups, you know, from beating the Warriors, and that could have flipped the game again. Mm-hmm. It obviously, you know, certainly could have. But you know, we'll see if uh, if there's other tweaks and adjustments they make along the way. Because yeah, it feels like that they've tried too hard to kind of you know shove guys into positions where they're not really comfortable. And you know, kind of reluctant to let go of that idea when it when it's not working out, right? And like, I think Ennis Canner is a good NBA player. I think that he's good, but I think that one of the 
one of the bigger kind of mistakes was that trade ultimately i think because instead of trying to get like another wing and and i don't know who's available like maybe there's nobody available mm-hmm. that even makes sense and that's and that could be the case but well and instead yeah, of going but- for a wing you go bigger whenever the, the league is moving the opposite way i think that I mean, in hindsight, I think that ultimately it was a mistake because, but they didn't know that they were bringing in a guy that couldn't play in the Western Conference Finals. You know, they didn't. <laughs> they uh, they didn't know that. Um, well, yeah. But they it's... ultimately that's what they did, and it put them in a weird spot last season where they couldn't even put their best five players on the court uh, to close games. Uh, it's just it's an awkward position to be in, and they're still in an awkward position with Canner just because. He's he's a six man and is a six man that probably can't close games for you. Now, on the other hand, you know that was the point where they were putting a premium on offensive rebounding, right? Right. And right. So you know, and Cantor was uh, you know obviously had that skill set and and helped out there. Like I say, it's sure. just they they came five minutes short of knocking out you know knocking out the Warriors and you know possibly forcing other teams to say oh god we, we need to upsize as well and mm-hmm. you know kind of kind of shifting the game again but um yeah and you know let's face it i i think that they felt like kyle singler was going to be that wing and he just yeah. he wasn't yeah you know you're right yeah that was the idea at the time is kevin durant did not have a true backup that, um yeah that's true and here here was this six nine guy that showed promise as a three and d you know off the bench guy that you know just didn't work out so, and you know, I, maybe they know it by now. I, I don't know. We'll see when we'll see when the preseason comes. Yeah, yeah, and you know, also maybe the Thunder don't get, don't get past the Spurs, and they don't even get to the conference finals without Kanter. Um, yep, because he did help quite a bit in that San Antonio series. Um, he did, especially he absolutely did in the last three games. He was a plus nine, plus eight, plus eight in the last three games against San Antonio. So it's 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 tough. He's he and Andre Robertson are like two like big conundrums for this team for me. Because I think that <clears throat> there's an argument that the Thunder very much need these guys. But then there's an argument mm-hmm. that there are times that these players are they are just harmful to the team as well. And so it's it's tough, but they're also these aren't your top guys anymore. Luckily, now that the Thunder have found a way to bring in elite talent, and you don't have to worry about it. But last season, you certainly did worry about like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, like the Thunder have so many situational guys. Like they yeah. they have probably too many situational guys at this point. And now, like most role players are situational guys. Um, you have like the rare role player that can you know play thirty minutes a game against anybody. Um, but there's a lot of situational role players, and the Thunder happen to have a few of them. Uh, I think Kaner will help a lot in the regular season. I in the past, I really thought Kaner would get dealt. Man, I just don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Like I just don't. I thought that last season that they they could have dealt him, got something, you know, of value. I just don't see it. I mean, you got Miles Plumley that still, or no Mason Plumley that doesn't even have a contract yet. Like he's just right. he's just sitting out there. He's like yeah. a good NBA center. I think a lot of teams would like to have him, but nobody even knows what to pay him. And there's that, and the cap room is dried up across the league at this point. Oh, it's gone. Yeah. Um, 
and you go back to when Cantor was kind of in this situation. I remember it was down to Portland and one other team, and I cannot remember who the other team was. Yeah, I don't remember. But I think Oklahoma City was sitting there like, okay, you know, he's about to run out of options because then the other team dried up and it was just Portland, and then Portland threw that offer at him. And, right. you know, then they, well, we, we, if, if we don't, we, we have to match it. Basically, yeah. they were kind of put in that position. Um, they did. These things are, are so situational year after year. Yeah, Plumlee is is in a weird spot right now. Um, I mean, Jermichael Green. There's a few other yeah. restricted free agents that are that you thought would have you know already had their deals lined up by now. Um, but yeah, it's just every year is just so different. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I'll say this though: it seems to me that whenever the Thunder falter. It seems like it's always the role players that get the brunt of the blame. (laughs) And it's always about Andre can't hit free throws or you can't play Ennis. And, you know, not enough on Russell Westbrook had terrible turnovers down the stretch or Kevin Durant went 10 of 31 or James Harden didn't show up against Miami. You know, it's like those are the guys that ultimately are going to win or lose you, you know, these, these critical playoff series or, you know, finals or whatever. But it seems like whenever it falls apart, we're talking about, we'll get rid of Kendrick Perkins. Okay. Well, without him, you don't get by Memphis. Okay. You can't pick and choose. All right. Well, after this playoff series, we're going to trade Kendrick Perkins. No, you can't do that. Like, (laughs) um, so it, I just, I've always kind of felt that way. Like the role players have, have gotten, it, it, it's been far easier to just kind of kind of blame them rather than blaming the star players. Yeah, you're right. And something I was looking at stats for our trivia night the other day. Do you know what Kevin Durant shot from three in his final playoff run with the Thunder? It was not good. Um, it was like 30, was it 32%? It's 28%. Oh gosh, I was high. Yeah, no, I, if you go back the last two playoff runs with Durant, his PER was on par with his rookie season in the NBA. Yeah. Um, and, and he hit a ton. Like he, with Golden State, he hit 44% from three in the playoffs, and it's because he's wide effing open. Um, right. With the Thunder, he, he struggled shooting the three yep. ball. I mean, his yes. highest was 37% in the 2012 playoffs. And then thir- in 2013, 31%, 14%, 34%. 15, 16, he's 28%. And, yeah. you know, I, and people are going to be like, oh, that's because the Thunder sucked and because they didn't have a good team and there's nobody <laughs> around him. He had nobody there and Russell wouldn't pass uh, him the ball. And right. Just these awful narratives. But the, the fact of the matter is that Kevin Durant took a lot of bad shots when he yeah. was when he was here. And you're right. He does. He should take some of the blame, especially in that Western yeah. Conference final series. Uh, I would guarantee you that if you talk to Billy Donovan, Kevin probably wasn't doing the things that he wanted him to do. And, right. you know, that's, and that's part of like the struggle of having a first year coach coach this like superstar laden team. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways. Yeah. Eh. You know, just, uh, just waxing philosophical there, but just, just something to keep in mind because I hear this, I, I hear it a lot, you know, locally, nationally where, you know, just, just, people gnashing their teeth about you know the role players and what they're not doing like oh, did the star player have an awesome game did the star players come right. through not, not always yeah and if you're gonna i mean you're gonna be able to continue to put blame on guys like canner and robertson and guys like that this season because they are role-playing nba guys yeah. and 
they are going to make mistakes because they are not superstars. They don't have well-rounded games. They just don't. Um, but I think that we need to maybe appreciate those guys for what they what they do. But uh, it's easy. They both those guys have glaring things that are easy to see that they can't do uh, mm-hmm. with Robertson and his shooting, with Canner his defense. But they're both contributors to this team, and I, they'll definitely help them win regular season games. Right. And no, you can't just replace them with, you know, D-League talent and get the same result. No. Right. These, <laughs> these guys have talent at that, you know, with that skill set that they bring. They're going to have limitations. And yeah. it's, you know, that's up to Donovan to manage all that. Yeah. People are like, can you just replace Kanter with Dakari? Like, okay, let's really think about that. Let's just stop <laughs> and really think about that. No. No, you cannot. No. Like, Ennis Kanter no. is... He's a top three post scorer in the NBA. Like no one can do the things that he does. There are very few guys. Boogie can do it. Um, Joel Embiid can do it. Who else? Who else can score like that in the post? Yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, I mean, I don't even know if Nurkic is that kind of a low post guy. I mean, obviously he's pretty talented, but yeah, you go beyond that. Um, maybe, maybe Drummond, maybe. You could put him in that conversation. Um, I mean, that's Dakar Johnson's not in that conversation. John. No, no, he's not. No. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> he's, no. not. Uh, he's not going to play this season. He's not in the conversation. He shouldn't play. I don't think he should be on the roster. And maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe he, maybe he has some talent that I that I don't see. But a slow-footed big guy that plays like a 1999 big man. Like I just don't. Like the fit isn't there anymore. Like yeah. it's, you have to be elite to be that guy. And maybe in five or six years, when the Warriors are done, and you have guys like Embiid and Porzingis and Towns and uh, Jokic and all these guys that are coming into their prime, and maybe the era of the big man comes back. Uh, and there's even guys that are coming up in this next draft class. There's a really good big guy coming up in this next draft class. Like maybe those guys like revitalize the big man and. Maybe a guy like Dakari could actually play, but not today. Not in this no. league. I, that's that was a puzzling signing to me. Yeah, or you know, very situationally. Again, I, like you said, it lines up more with you know he stuck with the Thunder plan for two years, and here's your reward. Now, that doesn't necessarily guarantee he's going to remain on the roster. Yeah, but at least he's got his two years, uh, you know, guaranteed, and you know he's kind of paid back for. Uh, we're sticking with the plan. Yep. Uh, John, thank you for coming on every Wednesday for about a year now. Uh, again, this is not the, the end of all the hot ham, just not a regular <laughs> hot ham Wednesday. Uh, we can follow John on Twitter at John M. Ham. Listen to him on the franchise locally. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star iTunes review if you've got some time on your hands. That's just a nice thing that you can do for us. It helps us with... Um, potential sponsors. It helps us just feel good in our hearts. Uh, Thanks for listening to Down to Dunk, and we will talk to you guys on Friday.